Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Today it's my privilege to be preaching week two of our devoted season. How is everyone going with prayer and fasting over this week? You might be fasting social media, as Marty said, or um, food or coffee or chocolate, whatever it is, all of All what Devoted is about is seeking first what matters most. Last week, Marty did a great illustration of a suitcase and sitting on the suitcase and stuffing the suitcase and pulling things out. And the reason why he did that illustration is because we need to create space more for God. We need to take things out to create space for God. So devoted, we might hear that word and we might think of different love songs or romantic gestures. You might know the Olivia Newton-John I'm honestly devoted to you. Elise said, don't sing. And I said, ha ha, you don't know I've got the mic. Um, so, but you might know that song as well. And you might have heard of that from Greece. Um, and yes, do you know what? We are devoted to people, aren't we? But do you know what? Devoted takes discipline. This devotion starts off, did you know, as a discipline. See, I used to hate getting up early in the morning. I used to hate it and we got a dog, so that therefore made us get up in the morning. Sometimes in that period of time of adjusting to children or dogs, it doesn't matter which one, um, we used to always like the snooze button. You'd always be pressing the snooze button, 10 more minutes, five more minutes, or usually it's me, Marty. I'm really tired, can you please get up? Or Marty, it's your turn, go. Um, If you want to sleep in this bed tonight, no. But um, (laughs) devotion starts off as a discipline. And what that means is over time, like even this morning, my alarm was set for six, I woke up three minutes before my alarm. My body clock now just wakes up. During the school holidays, I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to sleep in till eight o'clock. Not once did I sleep into 8 o'clock. Every morning, 5.30, 6, 6.30, your body clock just starts to naturally happen in that regards, doesn't it? So discipline turns into a desire. Now, every morning, most mornings except for two days a week, I get up super early to go on my walk with my dog and spend time with God. But do you know what's happened over time is if I don't get up and I don't go for my work, walk, I realise that something is missing from my life and I'm like, it's just not the same. I can't start the day off on the right foot. So a discipline turns into a desire and that's how it should be with our devotion to God. It's like, you know what, if I haven't spent time with God today, something is missing. If I miss coming to church in the week or spend time in relationship with people, it's like that desire, you're like, oh, something is missing. So a discipline turns into a desire. And you might be thinking, oh, I don't have time to spend time with God. Or I don't have time to get to church. Or I don't have time. But can I encourage you, create disciplines in your life because it's going to turn into a desire where you can't miss not being with God and in his presence. This also should be with our devotion to God's bride, the church. We are the church. And that's what I want to read today. And Marty highlighted the verse last week from Matthew 22. And it was this. 
He read this and you can see it on the screen. Teacher, what is the greatest commandments in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with your, all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And we can read that and think, yep, great. I can do that. I can do that. Do you know what? It's just me and it's just God. There's no one else. Awesome. Yep, that's pretty easy. But that's not the full scope of this verse. The second and equally important part of that verse is love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So basically Jesus is not only saying that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, our souls and devote our lives to him, we're also called to devote our lives to each other and with relationship with those in our lives. So you might work in a, in a role that involves a lot of people. Maybe you're in a school environment or in a counselling environment. You might work, work in hospitality and you might be, you know, those some days you're just like, wow, this job would be so much easier if there weren't any people. This would be the perfect school if there weren't any people. Do you know what? This would be the perfect church if there weren't any people. But no. God has called us to have relationship with people. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So in that verse, you'll notice in the first aspect of it, and we'll just keep it up behind, it says this, hold tightly without a wavering to Christ. But then equally important, we are called of waves, ways to motivate one another, meeting together, encouraging one another, which is ultimately what? Doing relationship together. Right now, I'm just going to play a quick um, clip on the screen and you might relate to one of these people. I got to get out of here. <laughs> hey, does anyone want to talk? Hey, hey, what are you doing after church? You want to go get some Chick-fil-A? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, let's, let's talk. Let's talk. Okay, no show of hands, but maybe you're the one that races out the door and quickly runs to the car so you don't have to have a conversation. Or maybe you're the last person standing here filling in your life story. Whatever you are, God loves you. Um, I know what... I am some days and we all change between, but anyway, throughout people, throughout history, we have understood our place in the world and who we are by our community, by our society, by the roles that we play, the expectations that people have placed on us or even on ourselves. But today, I think individually, individually people identify themselves completely different. During COVID and different things that have happened in life, I feel that we as people have disconnected ourselves. We've disconnected from those external relationships. Um, as a result, I think it has driven us towards self-isolation or social isolation or self-orientation, self-focus. And we've come to a place in our lives to it's, hey, what 
is best for me. We've come to a place in our lives, it's about me and my feelings and and how things are going. It's about me. So how do we as believers operate in the opposite spirit? How do we commit to relationships and not disconnect? And the greatest key of all is in the word of God. And he demonstrates this. It is by being part of the body, the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 4. I therefore, the prisoners of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, because there is one body, one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. So Christians, yes, we're individuals. But we're woven together in part of something bigger. We're woven together. We're part of the church. Now, we're not talking about an institution. We're talking about a community of believers that come together because of who? Because of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls us individuals that are members of the body of Christ. We are individuals that are members of the family of God. We are individuals that are members of the household of God. So we are all unique, we're all different, we're all quirky, we all have our our things, but we need to recognise that we are interconnected because of a bigger picture, because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Do you know what? We can't do this journey alone. Why? Because we are better together. To disengage in relationship is is settling for something less then God's plan and design is for your life. God's heart is this, that we would devote ourselves to doing relationships well. So how can we devote ourselves to doing relationships well? I'm glad you asked. I have two points that we're going to do and share on. We are going to choose connection over isolation. So here's a couple of things, practical things. We must be intentional about connection. Do you know what? That means scheduling things in our calendars, even if it's weeks in ahead. It means carving out the time. It means planning. With your um, friendships, to be a friend, you've got to be a friend, correct? Reach out, message, bless them. You know, with all your relationships, carve out the time. Carve out the emotional energy. If you're an introvert, take time before you go and spend time with them just to get yourself into the place where you need to be ready to go and hang out. Reserve those funds. Yes, there's so many things that you can do that are for free, going for walks, going for hikes, but you know what? Might cost petrol to get there. If you want to go out for lunch or you want to go out for dinner, want to encourage, like, to build relationship, you might need to budget socialising with people. If it's with your husband or your wife, have a date night. If you have young children and you can't get a babysitter, have a date night in. Spend time with each other. We've done that in the past. The kids to bed and set up a movie box and, and take, um, take away food. And we had a date night in. There's creative ways that you, what you can do. Go away for a weekend. Celebrate the wins. Write appreciation notes to each other or send a text and make sure it gets to your husband or your wife and not someone else. Um, be creative. If your parents make time to do things with your children... Plan dates with them and carve out time on your weekend. Encourage them. Pray for them. 
discipline them, bless them. In terms of church, we've got to be intentional. Do you know what? We stick around after the service and don't run our way straight as soon as the last song happens and and sneak off. Be intentional and engage. Have conversation. Invite someone over to your home or out for lunch. Another thing that we do as Elevation is we prioritise life group. Life groups is probably one of the main ways in which we go deeper and we connect and go on a discipleship journey together. I know on a Sunday, a conversation out on the lawn might only last for five minutes or sometimes even two. But in a life group, in an hour and a half or a two-hour setting, it's amazing how deep you can go. I know our life group often would be conversations out on the lawn or in the driveway when life group has closed and Marty's outside flickering the light. No, he doesn't do that actually. And, but you go deeper and you grow together in God. We try and bring the walls down in our own lives. We don't want to be fake people, but we allow people in and we be authentic. And if we need help, what do we do? We reach out to those relationships and to those that are around us. But right now I'm going to ask Heather Old to come and share a story about Life Group and what Life Group has done for her. Hi everyone. Now I'm Heather. You might not know me, you might not know my name, but I've actually been a member of this church for what be 17 years this year. Um, and the reason that you might not know me is because I am the introvert. You will find me at the back of the church, you'll find me in the cafe, um, but the one place you won't find me is probably talking to people. <laughs> I'm not very good at talking to people. I don't do people very well. Um, I do prefer cats over people, sorry. <laughs> um, but... You know, I'm not fluffy and I can't do small talk and that's where I struggle. But I kind of knew that I needed to join a life group. As much as um, Marty's messages on a Sunday are amazing, they don't make me grow enough in my faith. And as a Christian, as I know God wants me to. So um, life groups terrify me. Um, But I decided that I needed to join one. So I knew Rachel. (laughs) So I joined Rachel's because I thought that that would be okay. I'd have someone to talk to. Um, And I rocked up and I discovered that it was an environment where I was safe, I wasn't judged, I could be who I am, who God made me, I could say what I needed to say, I could get the answers that I needed to, and I made the connections that I didn't even know that I needed. Um, I would get text messages, Juanita, um, throughout the week just to check how I was going and what I was doing. And I was actually able to share in a life group things I've never actually told my husband. So um, for me, it was, and it still is, um, an amazing um, environment for me. But basically, at the end of every term, we have a bit of a social. So we were at Island Brewery. um, (laughs) And I sat next to Alana, who, and I knew Alana's name, but that was probably about all I did know at that point in time. And I was chatting to her about how um, out of the last 10 years, I've studied for nine of them. And uh, my studies had all come to an end, and I didn't know what I was going to do with my free time. I wanted to do craft, but all the craft groups are during the day. I work in Northbridge, so I work long hours. 
there's no way I can get to any daytime craft group. So Alana and I were just chatting and I was saying I wanted to do something crafty and Alana had had it on her heart to want to share her craft with the community. So um, in that life group moment, we designed a new life group. Um, so we set up the craft life group, which we want, wanted to go out to the community so it's not just about the church. And we do actually have um, people come with people from the church who are not church members who um, are in the community and they just come along and then they're, they're surrounded by Christians but we don't talk Christian Bible stuff. Um, but obviously, you know, we're in elevation. so. Um, but we do reach out and we do that community with um, other people. So luckily for me, Alana is fluffy. She does do small talk and she's absolutely great with people. So um, don't think if you come along, I'm just going to be stood there staring at you because <laughs> Alana will be there. Thank you, Heather. I love that. In our life group, we had a lot, a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, and um, a lot of good conversation. And I love that um, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you can make good friends um, in a group. So one is choose connection over isolation. And number two is choose love over self. How far are you willing to go for people? How much often and to what extent will you forgive someone? Will you respect or honour them? It's easy to succumb to the world's standards, but God has asked us to lift to his standard, to the word of God. This culture promotes a version of love centred around self. And there's a verse on the Bible right now, we're going to look at it, and we often hear about this verse at weddings. And I'm going to read it now. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Real love is selfless. It's others-focused, it's forgiving, it's patient, it's kind. It's cultured in the very essence of who our Yahweh, who our God is, the creator and the father of this universe. That's where love is found. And right now, we're going to read this verse again. And instead of saying love, we're going to replace it with the word I. And I want us as a church body to read this all together. So let's look at this and read out loud this verse. Are we ready? I am patient and kind. I am not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I do not demand my own way. I am not irritable and I keep no record of being wronged. I do not rejoice about injustice, but I rejoice whenever the truth wins out. I never give up on people, never lose faith in people. I am always hopeful for people, and my love for people endures through every circumstance. Maybe as you were reading that, there was some sentences or descriptions of, yes, that's easy for me, I'm, I'm never rude. Maybe there was some 
statements that were difficult for you to say? Which of these statements of love are your weakest? What can you grow in? Choosing love over self means that. That with the Holy Spirit's help, we are called to embody and outwork all of these different aspects of love. What relationships in your life right now need devotion to this year? Is it your family, your friends, God, your work colleagues, your children? What relationships in your life need devotion to this year? If the guitar could now just come up and play and um, I'm just going to use this illustration. There's different areas in our lives every single day that receive our attention and our devotion. We have in our lives our financial areas, whether we're saving for different things or even wondering, how am I going to pay this bill this week? Our different relationships have our devotion. God has our devotion. Entertainment, holidays, socialising, eating out. Lots of different things that you can name. Gaming, Facebook, watching TV. Our health and our fitness has our devotion. You know, maybe you work out at the gym every day or you're going to doctor's appointments because you're not sure what your health is like at the moment. You're trying to find answers and then our job, or maybe you have a business, or maybe you're a teenager, or you're at university and you're studying. So therefore, those areas of our lives have our attention and our devotion. And then we have a jug of water, and inside there is water. And that makes up our energy, our time, and our finances, and our resources. And so basically, we can say that the water represents our life and as I was sharing like we put our lives and our devotion and our time into different areas and we can pour our lives into here because we're laying up at night because we're stressed and worried on how we're going to do things so that goes there we're trying to get around to our friends and pour into them we've got maybe you've got four or five children maybe your kids have left home Entertainment, we love eating out, so we put a lot of, um, of our finances into that or love watching TV, so at night we're just keep on watching and watching. Our job, and our job, you know what? You get paid, so whatever certain hours you have to commit to, you've got to commit to, that's, that's life. You've got to pour into that. And then what's this one is health and fitness and um, you just keep pouring into that. And then we get to God and there's not much left. It's just a small drip of ourselves. The question here today is how much are you allowing of your life to fill the God cup? Now in life, you know what? I'm not asking us to change the quantity that goes into each one. That's not what we're asking here today. Because the demands of being a mum is 24-7, correct? Or a dad, it's 24-7, you're a parent. Your job requires you a certain amount of hours or your study requires a certain amount of requirements. 
your finances, yes, it requires thought. And yes, relationships with your children and family and friends and church life all require you. If you're a leader in this house or a volunteer in this house, it requires you. But all we're asking with this devotion series to be devoted to God is not shuffling the order. Well, it is shuffling the order, but placing God first and number one. So filling your life and your cup first with Him. Maybe that means getting up in the morning a little bit earlier. Maybe that means reading your word more, putting on worship, saying no to the next Netflix series that you might watch for two hours each night. Or maybe it's trusting God with your finances and your health. And just maybe, and I believe this will happen, that if you place God first and number one, That if we fill our cups all the way, we fill God first, number one. It will overflow. It will overflow and fill the remaining cups in our lives. If we fill Him and fill our lives first with Him, We can trust God with our finances. We can trust God with our relationships. We can trust God with our jobs. We can trust God and spend the time on Him. Because it says in the Word, Seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added and provided for you. What's the secret of devotion? Placing God number one. Him number one. So let's just close our eyes right now. Because when you first seek Jesus, you will be satisfied. When you first seek Jesus, you will be content. When you first seek Jesus, you will have everything. When you first seek Jesus, you will know who you are in Him. And maybe you are here today for the first time, second time. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. And that's the first step, is saying yes to Jesus and saying, Lord, I've placed you haven't placed you first in all the areas of my life, but today I want to ask you into my life and live a life for you and with you. And if you'd love to ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and be your Saviour, I'd love to invite you to lift up your hand and I will see it, but most importantly, the Lord will see it. So if you're here today and you'd love to...